This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Little Oven Pizza of Merced. So today is a special episode, which means that I do not have my compatriot here, Cal Slatten, to talk about a little bit more about their products. But I do want to take the time to just thank the institution, Little Oven Pizza, for sharing their partnership uh, and their support uh, with this institution. Uh, I really appreciate, and I guess I should talk about just the uh, the uh, exigence of why I wanted to go for local businesses. You know, originally we had the thought of you know asking Chipotle and McDonald's and you know these chain re- chain restaurants that that could have had their support or sponsorship. But I thought it would be better and more appropriate if we were to have sponsorships coming from local businesses. Now this also represents you know the idea behind our podcast. It represents more of a local level of entertainment and education. So not only does Little Oven Pizza have some of the best New York style pizza around with some of the most amazing ingredients as well and perhaps some of the more creative ingredients if I do say so myself. But also they represent our platform very well and I'm really thankful for that. And also this podcast is sponsored by The Chocolate Dipper. So to give a quick story for you guys, so this year, and I mentioned this in a previous podcast as well, but um, our school used to have a fundraiser for clubs on campus called the Food Fair, which, uh, you know, every, it would be once every quarter where we would come out Wednesday lunch and uh, clubs would be out with, you know, vendors and all that and be selling their food to raise money for their own clubs. However, this year stuff changed, so we don't no longer have a food fair, but, you know, as reality sets in, clubs still need money. And some of the best fundraising options out there are either difficult to access or, or have already been taken up. But the fact remains that the Chocolate Dipper is a fantastic fundraising option for chocolate dipped apples. Uh, and I've finally tried one of their products and it is quite amazing. So whenever you buy a chocolate apple, normally from a f- fundraiser, you're not only gaining a, a, an amazing product, but you're also getting, you're also giving a portion to a local organization that's hoping to fundraise. And I think that is just a beautiful cooperative effort from both the Chocolate Dipper and also whatever school is using them as a a fundraising option. And that kind of represents our theme here at the podcast as well, where we're all about cooperativity. You know, we have multiple hosts going on, multiple shows going on, and you know, it just represents what we're all about here. So thanks again for the Chocolate Dipper for sponsoring this episode. And with that, let's get on with this special episode of We the Students podcast. What do you want to be when you grow up? Man, I cannot tell you how many times I've been asked this question. And I'm sure you've been asked this question many times as well. I'm going to tell you right now, my answer is a definitive. That is, a definitive I don't know. I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. I've always used the same excuse for not answering this question, you know, that I'm young, I've got time, and that there are more important questions to answer. But then I realized this is literally the most important question one can answer about themselves. What or who you want to be encompasses your entire future. It's the big question, so to speak, with a capital B and Q. But I have another question, as important as the big question. What is the process of answering it? Is there a way to guarantee an answer? Or is it really just meandering through life until you stumble upon one? Personally, I really hope it isn't the latter, as the thought of random chance scares me beyond my wits. I truly believe that there exists, you know, some sort of process, or at least a philosophy, in which this big question can be answered. At least with higher chance. 
School seems like the obvious answer, right? But I want to explore just how well do schools help answer what do you want to be when you grow up? Statistically speaking, students feel less prepared for future careers than they do for something like college. In a recent study conducted by Youth Truth, 60% of a group of students thought that their school prepared them well for college, but only 46% felt that their school helped them figure out which careers match you know, their interests or abilities. This disjoint in confidence is what I want to explore, and perhaps even come up with solutions. Many times, the purpose of these special episodes is to advance upon an idea that can stimulate discussion. Feel free to hit me up on our Twitter or find me in person if you have a take on the subject. Our diversity in thought and perspective is what drives new ideas. With that, let's jump into a fascinating discussion with Hannah Lotz, a previous guest on the David and Cal show, about how school should be able to answer the big question and whether or not we could find a solution to some of its issues. Take a listen. Hey, Hannah. How's it going? Hello. I'm doing good. How are you? <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. Thank you for, for coming back. So um, to any of our listeners who haven't heard or have yet to hear, hear uh, Hannah has been on one of our podcasts before um, on the David and Cal show to be specific. Um, we talked about, what did we talk about? We talked about art. We talked art, about everything. Art, universal language, yeah, stealing crayons. Yeah, stealing crayons. <laughs> I remember that. But um, that got me thinking, and this is kind of the inspiration. So our conversation was actually um, an inspiration for this podcast in general. And that is, what do you want to be when you grow up? Or what do we want to be when you grow up? And th- that's a question that we've been asked, both you and I, I'm sure. Definitely. Multiple times I've in been our asked life. that since like the first grade. Like right. right as soon as you get into school, it's the question like, oh, everybody wanna, badgers yeah. you with. Yeah, exactly. And more so, more so than often, for me at least, my answer is either... I don't know, or something like STEM, or, you know, just some t- recently my answer has been, uh, I want to be happy. <laughs> so uh, I guess see, that's a good answer, because I mean, no matter what you do in life, you just want to be happy, right? Exactly. But of course, that isn't an escape answer, because I know that's <laughs> not what they're looking for. <laughs> I know. Right. When, um, when I was little, this is a funny story, because my mom likes to tell me about it. When I was little, somebody asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, and I told them a window washer at McDonald's. Uh-huh. <laughs> and definitely not the answer they wanted to hear, because they were like, you're a bright young girl, you can be everything you want, or uh-huh. like anything you want. And I'm like, uh, yeah. you know, I work at McDonald's, I'm good. If I have a happy life, that's where we're at. Yeah, and, and certainly. But at the same time, though, it is interesting, because this question, although... So there's like two sides of the argument here, right? Where... um. You know, it's both an important question to answer when you're young, but at the same time, it's also not the most important an- question to answer because, like, you know, you're, you're 12 years old. You might not exactly know what you want to be, and it might be dangerous, in fact, to to know so early because, you know, life goes on, life changes, yeah. and you change as well. When so. you said dangerous, I was like, what, what do you mean dangerous? But, yeah, I, I kind of understand that because it's like if you set out to be one thing your whole life, like... Mm-hmm. Without really exploring everything else exactly it could lead to unfulfilled potential yeah um and i've not necessarily seen it but i've heard about it where someone was either bent for the wrong reasons to become something either you know because there's the classic uh because i'm just um we talked about this on a previous show or something like what are the stereotypical careers for kids to go after that's astronaut uh veterinarian and there's nothing wrong by the way there's nothing wrong with any of these careers these are all good careers but at the same time though they're all very popular yeah it's kind of the first thing that a lot of people go exactly you know astronaut doctor and all that and you know especially and this is again just a stereotype you know anesthesiologists are very important to our society but at the same time people 
want to be them not necessarily because they love you know the chemistry behind it the the, the anesthetics behind it but rather because of that beautiful looking number for their yeah. salary yeah right? i think that's what a lot of people chase um when they're right. going after a job is um like the first thing i did like a like a like a we were looking at careers and everything and that was the first thing people jumped to yeah, was yeah. how much am i gonna make when i'm older that's yeah. all i care about and yeah. i'm like i get you know you want to live comfortably you want to live you know however you want to live with the amount of money that you can get but it's also like my job now because i've kind of started to answer that question of what i want to be um it's not about the salary no and you know it's a good consideration to put into like you want to be able to support yourself and perhaps a family if you're going for that but at the same time, though, it is not nearly the most important issue to consider, yeah. right? It's, you know, does it's this one make of you happy? them, but it, it's, it's not the them. only thing that you need to right. consider. Right, or at least the most important one. But, but anyways, so the, the issue I'm trying to um, tackle in this podcast specifically is just the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? And where do you find answers to that? And the first thing is, well, does school help us answer that? And that is the question I'm trying to answer, right? Do you think that school and everything that we do at school helps us try to answer this question. Because I think we can both agree that this question is something that needs to be answered, but both the how and when is a very difficult thing yeah. to, 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 to know when, right? I think school kind of does good. Um, mm-hmm. No, you know, I'll, I'm going to say no. No, <laughs> no, they don't do a good job because there's so many people that I've heard like talking like, school doesn't teach you life skills. Yeah, there's a common complaint yeah, about it, school. Yeah, you know, it doesn't yeah. teach you how to do your taxes. It doesn't teach you how to do your mortgage, which is, you know, something you'll learn as you get older and, you know. Hopefully, you yeah, otherwise, hopefully, like, otherwise you're in hopefully trouble. Hopefully you figure out how to do your mortgage if you go that way. Or, you know, how to do a salary or how to cook. Well, when we have, like, culinary arts, so I guess that kind of helps. Yeah, that's true. But it's more of, like, they gear towards the math and the sciences and not dissing them. But they they kind of just like funnel everybody into this one segment of this is what you need to learn. This will give you everything that you need to learn. Yeah. And I think the schools have kind of started picking up on the idea that, you know, not everybody is going to, you know, be in math or English or science, be right. those kind of people like people have all people think so differently. Mm-hmm. People think in thousands and thousands, thousands of different ways. And, you know. It's hard for schools. I'm not going to be like, it's their fault. They should fix it. Like, it's very hard to cater to everybody and try to get, you know, the education and the skills that people need in order to get where they're going and where they want to be. But it's also like they're not helping anybody. Yeah. And and you have to kind of reflect on the goal for which schools are teaching us, right? Like you're taking a chemistry class. Are you taking a chemistry class to learn how to whether or not to be a chemist, or are you taking chemistry and learning chemistry to pass a test? Yeah. And that I think is one of the flaws for AP programs. It is very good. I would say it it does have a good message behind it that you know you can challenge yourself and learn rigorous coursework. But at the same time, in the end, the motivations are I think misplaced. Yeah. Because you're t- you're over the course of a year, you're learning all this material to accumulate. And it all accumulates to one big test at the end of the year in May. Yeah. Which, for one, you, you're going to forget everything the moment that test happens. Yeah. And also, you're learning things with the wrong motivation, I would say. Yeah. I mean, you know, it is good to, you know, I, I know there are students out there who take AP tests, oh, sorry, take AP classes and learn the material because they love learning, which is good. Mm-hmm. But for one, that's not everyone. And, you know, <laughs> learning to learn 
or loving to learn doesn't answer the question of what do you want to be when yeah. you grow up. Exactly. So it kind of just like it goes by like a test by test basis. It kind of yeah. goes into you learn this this year, you take the test, you forget it. You learn this this year, you take the test, and it goes on and on and on. And we've we've been doing that since I think you know even elementary schools now in like kindergarten, the kids are just focusing on tests. I remember in first grade it was all just tests. It mm-hmm. was multiplication tests, how to do this. Yeah. And that's more of like, you know, checking for understanding. We know those papers. Yeah. We know those papers, the red and yellow papers where we're yep. like, nobody look at me, I'm still on last week's. So we know that kind of <laughs> stuff. I was that kind of student. I was really bad at math. And I think that's another thing where it's like, people think differently. How are you going to cater to everyone? And then it's also, you could go off on tangents everywhere. Yeah. And people are just different. I keep seeing it, seeing it in everybody around me. You're different. I'm different. Everybody in the school is different. Mm-hmm. We have our similar, like similarities, but like everything goes everywhere because we can take a test and get completely different things out of it. Like if you asked me a chemistry question, I'd be like, shoot, mm-hmm. I-, I can't answer well, it for you. Yeah. And, and th- that's the interesting thing because I've, I've talked with teachers about, you know, elementary multiplication tests, you know, it tests with speed, it tests for I think it only really tests with speed, sure, comprehension, but at the same time, imagine, I was actually really horrible at the multiplication tests, you know, the fast-paced ones where you have to get it under two I minutes. I wasn't alone. I yeah, was, was god-awful at those. It was pretty I, bad. I never finished one on time, ever, because I would, you know, I guess the way of my thinking was just rather slow, or it was, at the time at least, but, you know, I love math, you know, I love the idea of math, I love, you know, learning concepts about math, and those things don't correlate. Being bad at a math test and loving math those those don't collide you can love math and suck at math tests so that's where i think some of it comes up where what do you want to be when you grow up you could potentially love chemistry but what if the chemistry class is so bent on you oh and i'll keep saying chemistry i don't know why it could be physics it could be biology it could be math it could be english it could be anything it could be anything but just as an example like you know for for a biology class you could love i love biology but what if you know just in the class, you're not good at test taking. You're not good at memorizing certain things. Yeah. You're not going to be able to do well in that class. And many times, and I think this is what's interesting. Many times what people believe that they're going to be become is what they're good at in class. Yeah. Right? Like someone has an A in math uh, in their calc class, then they think that they're going to they're gonna go into theoretical calculus. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Which could be, but at the same time, that does kind of camouflage what is true. Right, because yeah. they, they they mistake that oh I'm good at this class I must love this subject or I must mm-hmm. love this career f- um, pathway. When I was in like the eighth grade, I was I was like dead set on that I wanted to be a forensic anthropologist. And uh-huh. for you know people that don't know that anthropology is basically like the study of people. Uh-huh. I love talking with people. I love like learning about like how people think and you know cultures and everything. Forensics is uh, then taking that and working with like you know you could work with police. I'll just use that as the example. Like doing like cases with the police about like victims and stuff and using you know based on their bones like. What sports did they play when they grew up? Um, how many bones bones did they break playing that sport? What kind of damages? Basically telling a person's life just through their bones. And I, too, do love biology. I love the sciences. I love all of it. But at the same time, now where I'm going with, like, what I want to be has nothing to do with biology. Mm-hmm. A little bit of science because I want to go into psychology. But it's more of just being open with people. It's still, like talking with people and like understanding people but in a completely different way than what i was originally thinking that i was going to do yeah yeah and so 
let's I guess we can we can kind of transition into what your answer for that question is what do you want to be when you grow up so you said that you you wanted to become a forensic anthropologist that kind of implies that it's something different now yeah um I want to be like an art therapist that that's the title that they give so I want to I used to want to be um just like a regular like therapist and then when I got into art and we you know we talked about this in our other podcast that it's just it helps people get into into depths of their emotions because somebody could draw something and not completely understand why somebody did it and then somebody else could come along and be like, I relate to that. This reminds me of this specific person or this specific emotion. And it connects with people, you know, like like music and everything. People feel the music, they understand. Exactly. Yeah. And I want to bring that into therapy and I want to, you know, go out and I want to help people get in touch with their feelings in the way that, you know, it's not like, yeah. here, let me s- oh, <laughs> here, let me sit down and uh, talk about everything. I, if, for people that don't know, I just bumped the mic because I talk <laughs> no, with my hands good. a lot. Uh, that happens as well, but... Um, that is amazing, though. So you're using art as a medium, yeah, to to provide therapy. That is cool. That that is. Very, I didn't even know this existed as well. And that Neither just, did I. Yeah. So wait, when did you realize? Well, when did you find out that this was an actual career pathway? Um, actually, about in um like halfway through tenth grade. Uh-huh. So just like a couple years ago, that I was just kind of like, hey, this is this is what I'm looking at here. This is yeah. It kind of combines everything yeah. that you kind of like, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, so I guess. And this is what, what I love talking about is about solutions. How do we make school or how do we allow school to be a good, you know, incubation for students to to develop and eventually find an answer to this question? Because I don't think and I think you're right. It isn't the perfect environment to answer this question. It's an environment to be good at taking tests. It's an environment. And I'm exaggerating a little bit because many schools out there, including this one, have those niches where you can discover yourself yeah right like i'm I'm really glad that this library has a makerspace to allow me to yeah. record this podcast right so stuff like that but in terms of solutions you know it's again it's a very difficult thing to you know try to uh tackle when it comes to like what's wrong and how we fix it but i think the first step though is that the entire you know what are we training our students for right and i think that's an example so in the middle of 10th grade, you said you found out art therapy. How did you find out? What was the process? Um, I actually have um, a friend that works in um, Sedona, Arizona. Um, it's a, you know, state over. And she, wor- she works in grief counseling. And um, she, you know, helps people, you know, with any kind of grief from children, you know, losing family members, losing friends, all of that kind of stuff. And I met her through um, my family. And... She, it's not like, she, she is a, you know, therapist, but she does it with animals. She just lets people work on her farm. She lets people work out their emotions and she does it with that. And it's called, um, the care farm. If anyone wants to Google it, uh, by, uh, with Joanne Cacciatore, if anybody wants to like go look it up, she's an author, you can read her book. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's through that where I was kind of like sparked with like my personal, I, you know, I put my emotions through art. What if other people can do that too? And then yeah. I actually, you know, started looking into it, and there's an entire foundation on it, and there's all these, you know, majors and everything dedicated to it that I n- had never thought of before. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's that's amazing. By the way. Oh man, I'm so inspired right now. Like, <laughs> I'm just so like, so just taking inspiration from what you did and yeah. trying to relate that to the entire school, right? So you were able to combine interests that you already had, which was art and talking to people and relating to people and helping people. Mm-hmm. 
and then synthesizing that all of that together to to find a career pathway that matched everything. Yeah. Right. So, I agree that classes right now are important. Um, perhaps there could be ways to change it so that people aren't so obsessed with passing a test to get the grade. Perhaps yeah. better for comprehension, exploration. I know with myself, it's m- like when I take a test, I like get anxiety about it. Like it freaks me out because it's just kind of like I'm learning yeah. the information just to forget it. Yeah, and that blockades your brain from really thinking about what's yeah. what's important, which is, you know, what do I love about this topic? You know, can I really understand this topic, right? Rather than did I memorize everything that I needed to do to do well on this test? Yeah. Like, right. did I did I memorize every single word on the, on the study guide so I'll pass the test? Yeah. And then as soon as you take the test or right as soon as the paper gets handed on your desk, then you forget done. everything. Yeah. So certainly there that can be changed. But at the same time, though, if we can somehow kind of relate it to how our career technical classes are like, where we try to push students to really explore on their own what they love doing, right? And this is the key word, doing, not necessarily reading or studying, which is important. But you have to do as well. You have to immerse yourself in certain yeah. things, just like in art, just like in talking with people. Perhaps you love hands-on coding or you love um, you know, working in a lab setting, having all those chemicals around you. Or yeah. you love you know, doing explosions in physics. I don't know. But loving what you do and then perhaps towards the end of, the, end of your four, four years in high school, synthesizing all of that by talking to people around you or you know meeting out with resources like your family and mm-hmm. being able to meet with that one lady at the care farm being able to do that and then synthesizing everything to answer that question so that is kind of like the utopian yeah. view of what it could possibly be but at the same time for a lot of people i've talked with people about like where like you know how they get to where they are now like you know doctors now they say used to be a chef now yeah. i'm here you you People come, you know, people are different. We come from so many different backgrounds and the way we learn and everything's different. And how that question of what do you want to be when you're older, I think the problem with that is that the reason that it causes so much dread in us trying to answer that is the problem in schools. Because we don't know. We, you know, we don't have any, we don't know how to find those solutions. We know, you know, you could be a doctor, you could be a lawyer, you could work in technology you could and those are just umbrella terms you could go into everything that yeah, you within, ever wanted yeah, within to within those there are multiple careers right and then it's like but how do you get there you know you it's basically finding out what you want to be when you're older is having the end picture and not having any of the stairs to get to that picture it's no. basically like you're building your ladder as you go yeah exactly that's a perfect metaphor and so while our utopian view of what school could be to answer this question is is rather you know unfortunately rather unrealistic in at least our time frame right what we can do for students is is to recommend certain steps to take to answer this question like for yourself you know don't just be focused with passing a test or getting a good grade which are important those should be base fundamentals like you should be doing those they're important but they shouldn't be the only thing you're focusing right on on top of that really take time to reflect on what you love doing Mm -hmm. right and then, and only then, can you synthesize all that together, combine those aspects, and create an image of what you want to be. And even if, like, you know, if, like, you hate the subject, like, I know a lot of people hate math, and they know they never want to do anything with math, and then they go into, you know, what career, whatever career that they want and find out they have to have a lot of math. Uh-huh. So it's kind of just, like, even if you don't think you'll need this skill right then and then, you know, go it, back and, like, <laughs> you know, even if you don't think it's important, just think about it. Because right. how could it benefit you later in life? Right. Even if it's not beneficial right now. Exactly. And But see, most of the 
time, people who don't like math don't necessarily don't like math as like a subject or as a concept. They don't like that they don't do well in the math class. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my god, I just can't get good at math in class, and I keep failing tests. I think that's the main mode. It's not like I hate numbers or I hate adding. I hate manipulating variables. I don't know. It's not mainly that. It's mainly it's just I can't seem to figure it out. And that could be partly, and I don't really believe this. It could be part, I don't, you know, I'm going to say something that I don't really believe, but it could be part of, you know, naturally you just don't do well at math. But I don't mm-hmm. believe that. I think it's mainly either, you know, upbringing wise, you just weren't put into a place where you could really explore math for what it should be. Yeah. Stuff like that. So, again, that could be a whole other topic we could yeah. be talking about. But I think in, in if you want to kind of synthesize what we, we talked about for the past, you know, few minutes, you know, it's it's all about finding what you love doing. Not mm-hmm. what you're technically good at in a class, but it's, what you love. Yeah, yeah, it's less about what you're doing in, like, class and, like, passing to passing mm-hmm. those tests or, yeah. you know, what kind of salary you're going to have when you're older. Although they are important factors, yeah, you know, you need to pass. I consider them. You know, you need to pass your test. You need to get through, you know, ed- the education that's been offered to you. And then, you know, salary is important. We yeah. live in a world yeah. <laughs> where everyone's about money. Money, money is, yeah. Money exactly. is pretty important. But it's not, it, yeah, you want to focus on what you love doing rather than the fact of how are people going to view me if I go and do this? Yeah. Or how am I going to support myself? Which is a, important questions. I mean, less about, you know, how people view you. If you want to do something and people are calling you crazy, go and do it. Because yeah. when you've succeeded... They're not gonna think you're crazy. They're gonna wish they were you. Yeah, so. exactly. Beautiful. So I think, I think that's a beautiful place to stop <laughs> and, and and wrap this. Thank you so much, Hannah. Thank you for having me again. Yeah, and uh, I guess we'll see you soon. <laughs>